sins away. Oh, say much I'm glad. From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Dr. Shelton Smith, and this is Making a Difference. Welcome to our Wednesday broadcast. This is middle of the week, and every week I like to remind you that it's a good time to find yourself at a church somewhere on Wednesday night, or in some cases, church may have a Thursday night service. But in the midweek, if you go to the house of God, you're going to get refreshed. You're going to get something that'll help you. And if you go to a good church, typically they're going to be open on the midweek and have something for you and for your family. So I hope that you'll find your way to the house of God on this Wednesday and just remember to take in everything that you possibly can. It'll help you personally. It'll help your family. It'll strengthen than you in everything that you need to do along the way. I really strongly urge you to get into a good, solid local church, a good, fundamental, Bible-believing local church, and let your life be strengthened by what you find there. Now, this is September already, and I know school has already been started most places for maybe even a couple of weeks or more, and we believe that this is prime time for a lot of things, prime time for your family, prime time to grow spiritually. And if you're leading a local church as pastor or in some other leadership capacity in your church, September, October, November, these are prime times for us to make some speed like we ought to and get things done. So I hope you'll get your soul winning program going, get the bus routes rolling and other things like that that'll be fruitful and productive for your church. I want to encourage you and help you all that I can in that regard. Remember too, if you will, our website at swordofthelord.com has lots of resources for you, so go there and check us out. We'll be glad if you do that. Now let me remind you as well, I like to hear from you and I hope you'll write me a note and let me know that the broadcast is being a help to you. If you do, simply write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099 Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133, or the email is radio at swordofthelord.com. For the last several broadcasts, in fact, this makes number 10 in a series that I've simply called Good Decisions. We've looked at some of the people in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that made good, strong decisions that greatly influenced their own life and helped them also in influencing other people. Those decisions that are so impactful that their life is never the same again are the kind of decisions that you and I need to be making as well. Today, I want us to look at Three people, once again, like yesterday, we had a trio of ladies, Lydia, the certain damsel, and the Mrs. Jailer, all in Acts 16. Well, today we're going to look at two women and a man, a grandmother, a mother, and a son, grandson. And I think if you know the Bible very well, you know right where I'm going. The Apostle Paul found the young man. Acts chapter 16, early part of the chapter, tells us about it. He came to Derby and Lystra, that's two towns, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish and believed, but his father was a Greek. And this young man was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. And uh, Paul hooked up with him, got him on board, took him on as a team member. And as a result of that, verse 5 says that the churches were established in the faith and increased in number daily. So he was a productive team member and assisting the great apostle Paul. Now, I want to turn now to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, and we'll learn some more specifics about Timothy 
and his mother and his grandmother. Verse 5 of 2 Timothy chapter 1 says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith. Now that means simply genuine faith, unhypocritical faith. These folks were the real deal. They were genuinely solid Christians. And they were in this passage referenced as those who possessed unfeigned faith. He said, That is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. And I am persuaded that in thee also. So here again, we have three people today, just like we did yesterday, three people, brief biographies, in this case, two women and one man, that are three generations of one family. Now, when did they get saved? Well, we don't know for sure. We don't have that detail. How long had they been saved? We don't know that detail, but we know that they are saved. That Acts chapter 16 passage that I noted indicated that the mother of Timothy was a believer. And it turns out now from this passage, we learn she was tutored by her mother. And thus we have three generations here in one family. They got started right by coming to Christ, the grandmother first, then the mother, and then the son and grandson. But the deal is here, from one generation to the next, they not only started right, but they stayed true, and they stuck to what they had committed to. And Lois, the grandmother, reared her daughter, Eunice, in the faith. Somehow along the way here, those two just managed to do what they needed to do to be strong believers. And then when Timothy came along, they passed along to him exactly what he needed as well. So here we have a great example of what families ought to do. Families doing what families can do and should do simply means that we indoctrinate, we teach, we tutor, we mentor our youngsters as they come along. You may remember that this whole business of family is something that the Lord brought into existence. It's something that is not just a man-made idea, but it's an idea that God gave us. Matthew chapter 19, in answering a question about divorce, Jesus said, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh? Wherefore they are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. So the whole idea of marriage, God's idea is that a man and a woman, are you hearing me? A man and a woman are to be united in marriage, and that marriage is the foundation for building a family. And whenever we have children, as a result of that marriage, children come into the picture, we learn again from the Bible that there is a game plan. For instance, if you turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31 says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. That's somewhat of a repeat of what we read in Matthew chapter 19. You get to chapter 6 of Ephesians, and he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but rather bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Did you get that? He says, bring them up. This is instruction to the dad, to the leader of the family. Bring the children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You and I have a responsibility to bring our children to the point where they understand there is a God in heaven. I mean, we have a responsibility to our children, and there is a great blessing 
that goes with having family. I mean, you can't read these passages and not see something of what God has in mind here. But let's be very clear, dear friends. There is a responsibility that goes with parenting. There is a responsibility that goes with family. Lois took that responsibility seriously and tutored Eunice. Eunice took that responsibility seriously and tutored her son, Timothy. Little ones have everything to learn when we get them. When they come into our family, we can begin almost at day one to tutor them and mentor them and influence them. And as they grow and develop, all of that tutoring and mentoring and influencing just gets more important every day that they live, every day that we live. Now, they are going to have a sinful nature just like all of us. They're going to grow up with things maybe that will be bent a little wrong. They may be self-willed. They may have a strong temper, all kinds of things that need to be dealt with and corrected. But you and I, being the parents that we ought to be, taking the responsibility that God has given to us seriously, we can help them. And I want to tell you, we can rear good, strong children. There's no question in my mind, even in the 21st century, with so many bad influences, so many crazy things going on, so many strong, magnetic type things pulling on your children. I'm telling you, if you'll make your home the kind of a place that heaven would have it to be, I promise you, you can raise children that'll be strong, that'll be good, they'll be like children ought to be, and they will not be whirlings, but they will be like the Lord would have them to be. We can help them develop into the children and to the adults that they ought to be. Our responsibility as parents involves protecting our children. We all understand that we protect them physically. If somebody threatens them, somebody tries to do them harm, if they try to run across a street in busy traffic, listen, we protect our little ones. But we also need to protect them mentally and spiritually. Yes, we need to protect their minds. They need to be taught things that are right. They don't need to be exposed to all kinds of wicked, ungodly philosophies. And you need to be careful about who you let tutor your children. Don't put them in a place where that some, and I'll just say some heathen, some pagan, has access to them all day long. you got to be careful about that. And at the same time, be careful even at church that you put them in a place where that the Bible is honored, where God is honored, where the Bible is taught as the truth of God. And if you'll do all of that, I mean, if you plug in the protection physically and mentally and spiritually, you are taking your responsibility as a parent very seriously. I want to say just a word here about the legacy that is involved in all of this. Lois made an imprint on the future of the generations that followed her, namely Eunice and Timothy. She did a good job with Eunice, and Eunice did a good job with Timothy. Now then, Timothy has become a preacher and his ministry mentor is the Apostle Paul. And he now is going to add to the equation of this mentoring and this legacy because chapter 2 of 2 Timothy and verse 2, Paul says to Timothy, The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Now, if I've counted correctly, we've got six generations involved here. I'm serious. We've got six generations. Lois, Eunice, Timothy. Then Paul comes into the picture, and he says to Timothy, you commit what I've taught you to faithful men. That's number five. 
and they in turn will be able to teach others also. So six generations, Lois and Eunice, Paul and Timothy, faithful men and others. And dear friend, this is what I call passing the torch. You know, in those Olympian games, they light a torch and then it's passed off or they relight another torch or they light another torch as the runner comes to where he hands off the fire to another person. And they do that mile after mile after mile on their way to the site of the Olympian Games. Now, this is the kind of thing, passing the torch. Moses mentored Joshua and passed the torch of leadership of the nation of Israel to him. Elijah mentored Elisha, and he went on to develop others as a result of that. David mentored Solomon and passed the torch to him. And I'm convinced that you and I can do the same thing. We can do it with our family. We can do it at church. We can do it with our school. And we ought to literally pass the torch of godliness, pass the torch of morality, pass the torch of being a Bible believer, pass the torch so that others are impacted just like we have been impacted by the great salvation that God gives and by all of the things that he teaches us. We need to pass the torch to the generation coming after us and do it in such an effective way that they will in turn pass it to another generation. That's the way this thing is supposed to work. It's the way God designed it. And I think it's the kind of thing that we can do in the 21st century. And if you'll take your business seriously, I'm talking about family and church and school and business. Let's do it God's way, and I'm convinced we'll all be glad that we did. Let's pass the torch to the generation coming. Lois, Eunice, and Timothy, and the Apostle Paul in the mix here help us to see that. And I thank you for letting me talk to you about that today, and I do hope that you'll get in touch. I would love to hear from you. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133, or the email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. It's been a joy to be with you today. I hope you'll be in church tonight, and we'll see you back here again tomorrow at this same time on this station. Until then, God bless you. Have a good rest of this day, and goodbye for now.